and you sort of have to go you have to speak to the sort of clients and brands and it's like what are you what are you trying to say you know fundamentally what what what, what do you want from this what do you what what are we what, what story are we telling what do you want to come out of this what is your what's your, you know what's the brand language where are you going it's not like you can't go say you can't lead with the technology it has to be something that helps facilitate a much bigger picture you are listening to one more question a podcast by the people of nice work one of the things we often catch ourselves saying is can we ask you one more question this podcast is all about sharing the best conversations we have had with significant builders, experts, and communicators. The people we encounter and work with as we go about helping you build brands people care about. Season four is based on our exploration of Web3, NFTs, and all things Metaverse. We're seeing an explosion of creativity and brands popping up all over this new space. Yet the rules seem to be different and experimentation is not only expected, but welcome. Follow our conversations with the designers, the builders, and the visionaries shaping Web3 and the metaverse. I'm your host, Ross Drakes. Today on the podcast, I'm talking to Kate Dawkins. In 2015, Kate founded her self-named studio, which has grown from strength to strength. As a leader in her craft, Kate connects with audiences through beautiful cinematic design, compelling narrative storytelling, and the interplay of space and canvases. They use appropriate tools, whether emerging, current, traditional, or experimental technologies. By telling epic stories on unique canvases, Kate and her team have had the privilege of collaborating closely with world-class directors, producers, artists, and brands, such as BBC Studios, the Ministry of Defense, and the Platinum Jubilee Beacons, to immersive experience with Balak Wonder Shows, Royal Edinburgh Military Tattoo, and ceremonies like the London 2012 Olympics. We talk about our four principles for creating meaningful experiences for people, the art of storytelling and how to connect it to technology. And finally, she shares how they think about creating connections with their audiences. Enjoy. Kate, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's a real honor to be talking to you today. Uh, well, thank you for inviting me. I'm, uh, I'm delighted to finally be here and uh, really looking forward to chatting more. I mean, I think I'll go right in and ask the hard question first, because that always Ooh. sets a good tone. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I think it's a bold move that you've named your studio after yourself. Can you talk a little bit about why you think it was important for you to to call the studio Kate Dawkins? Yeah, it, it's funny. It, it, I, I do get asked this and... Um, I think there's there's sort of two things. Firstly, I I'm, I'm going to be totally transparent. I think you know trying to name a studio is is really difficult, and uh, there were many <laughs> names, and then you suddenly go, oh, none of those are right, and do you know what? I'm just going to stick with it. I think also it came off the back of freelancing. Um, so in the sense that I had the sort of uh, you know set up, it was called you know Kate Dawkins Limited was was set up. Um, I think it was an, it was a short step to just add the word studio to the end of it, um, but I think more importantly, I think the the reputation and 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 as a designer and and you know when you when you work with our studio you do work with me um, is is that people like to have that that sort of that person to go to you know they don't want to sort of name turn up to the studio and then find that that they're working with somebody else. 
Um, so in our case, and I know it's not the case with with everything, that that certainly adds that element of you if you if you come to us, this is that's who you get. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty much that's how it all sort of started. I mean, I like it. Uh, I think one of the the learnings I've had after recording sort of seventy odd of these episodes is <laughs> is the the sort of imbalance in female founded companies Ooh. versus male founded companies. Um, and uh, you know, I think the work you're doing and the the choice to sort of put the brand out there is quite quite bold. <laughs> and I think also. Um, one of my early interviews, there was um, a guy named Tepo Mahala, and you know he oh. said something that stuck with me for a long time. He was like, "What you see matters," um, and I think it's quite mm. cool that you've branded your studio in a way that people can see it and that it matters, and that other people can be inspired by that and and yeah. take the leap. Yeah, it's 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 funny. That you, I'm sort of thinking back now how it how it all started. I mean, firstly, I was going to say that um, Kate Dawkins Studio is a huge mouthful. It certainly doesn't uh, uh, trip off the tongue. And perhaps <laughs> I could have shortened the email addresses. That's all I've got to say. But um, you know, I think it's sort of you know the whole thing came about just sort of over over a bottle of wine with a friend, and it was like you know we were getting asked whether we could you know people were coming directly to us as opposed to sort of being being sort of called by agencies and I think it was a sort of point where it's like yeah we can do this I had a friend and she was a producer and she was like yeah I'll come and help help you so I think that was also it I don't think you know it's a terrible way to start a business and I don't condone this at all (laughs) at all to anyone um you know no business plan nothing my my husband's um my husband has a branding agency and he, they um, they did my website and I had a, web, a beautiful website and a beautiful, you know, business card. And that's that's where it went. And it was like, wow, this is all the wrong way around. So I think there was an element of that as well. Well, I guess it's, you know, it seems like all the good tech companies were started in a basement or in like a garage. <laughs> um, maybe the, the design studio thing is over a bottle of wine. I mean, we started nice work. Uh, on a dance floor we were sitting on a dance floor and we we're like we should start a company we we're like yeah we're like let's get money and buy apple max Woohoo! like let's go you know and 15 years later here we still are you know yeah it was a little bit like that there was that sort of sense of um i think you, you you do have to sort of take that leap of faith don't you and i think there is that sort of there are those funny stories and i mean i, I love that starting a company on a dance floor is brilliant but i think you do there is an element about if you think about these things too too much you will you won't do them so mm. there is a point of going go on let's give it a go what's the worst thing that can happen it doesn't work and we all have to go and get yes. jobs so you know it's 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 fine it, it, it's it's all good it's a good way to start yes and i mean so you started fairly well let's say not not very strategically but you know in our pre-call <laughs> you you shared four really kind of clear points about how you think about your work um can you share those four things because i found them quite quite helpful and quite inspirational yeah it's it's funny we've been doing you know we're we're in our eighth year we've been doing uh you know talk about backtracking we've now been doing a lot of work around our you know our message who we are what we want to say how we want to help people you know um that kind of thing so actually what fell out of that and the four things we were talking about is very much uh the sort of pillars or principles of our studio and and the, the first one is is design. Um, that may be the most obvious thing to say, but it, it, I don't think it is in a, with a company who creates visuals, uh, creates creative content. Um, 
you know, my background, my education was graphic design. I then went on to do a master's in visual communication. Um, so it's very much the, the the foundation, the grounding point of the work we do is very much about creating beautiful aesthetics. Um, now, a lot of the things that we, we, we work on, you know, can be very hard hitting. We've done a lot of work around World War One, World War Two. They're very dark stories, but that doesn't mean they can't be beautiful um, and emotive. And I think that's very much one of the, the, the core principles. Um, the second one leading on to that is, is very much about storytelling. You know, it, it's, it, it, it's sort of fundamental. These things have got, you know, everything is a story. Everything has a story to tell, even if it's quite ambiguous or abstract. There is something there um, that, you're, that you're telling. Um, and even if the outcome, a lot of the work we do is sort of big, bold graphics that may not actually just be obviously speaking to you, but there will always be a sense of authenticity and a sense of storytelling to them. So that is really important. Um, and I think the third one that sort of, it, it's something that sort of holds the, those two first things together is very much about spaces and environments. We often get clients come to us and they sort of say, um, oh, you know, you know, we, we we want some we want some content, and yeah, can you start doing it? We don't know where we don't know where this is going to happen yet. But could you could you could you start looking at it? And 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 sort of fundamentally, as much as you want to help people, the answer is really no, because the, <laughs> it's really the context is so important, and it's not just the context of where this is going to exist. We we we're sort of part of of a. Of, 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 part of our job is sort of creating these magical worlds and you, and you can't do that with, without knowing the context of where that's going to be um but also there's a there's a we specialize in projection um and screen based you know video based uh, work and you know fundamentally there's a there's a sense of choreography that works between those screens um you know Often, yes, it's just something that plays out on one screen, but often or not, it's not. There's an interplay. You know, you, you, you'll throw something over to the right so people look over there while something's happening over the left. There's a sense of sort of theatrical performance. So understanding environments and, and very much working within that context is, is hugely important. Um, and then the last one, last but not least, uh, is technology. And um, hugely important. It's very important for our processes. It's really important for pre-visualization and how we deliver uh, and obviously uh, yeah the, 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 you know we hand over our work like a like a, a, a sort of new parent to to the our our technology partners who who obviously gets fed into the media servers and out mm. through, via the projectors and, and, and you know and that's what you know that, that that's where the sort of final magic happens but it's really important but i think fundamentally on that what we like to say is is that we always look for appropriate technologies within our processes and, and, and for our output because I think technology as it advances is absolutely incredible, but there's a very, it, 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 there is an easy jump on, if that makes any sense. And people go, oh, I love that, I saw that, that's what we want. And you sort of have to go, you have to speak to the sort of clients and brands and it's like, what are you, what are you trying to say? You know, fundamentally, mm. what, 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 what do you want from this? What do you, what, what are we, what, what story are we telling? What do you want to come out of this? What is your, what do, you know, what's the brand language? Where are you going? It, it's not like you can't go and say, you can't lead with the technology. It has to be something that helps facilitate uh, a much bigger picture. 
I like that. And I think it's similar to some of the beliefs we hold at NICEWO because technology can mm. be exciting and shiny and totally. you can want totally. to play with it, but it's not necessarily the right application no. for, for the need. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm interested, you know, we've seen kind of in branding, certain skill sets get sucked into this world and then become more important. And, and a really good example for me is animation. It's animation was mm. always like a sideline piece and now with apps and the web improving and bandwidth getting bigger, kind of movement of brand is something that mm. brand designers are starting to sort of pull in-house. And the people who hold those animation skills, you know, are now sort of being pulled into this world and, and their experience in designing commercials and moving graphics mm. and all these things are, are becoming more important. And I'm struck by, you know, the skills you have, a lot of the work you do is, is stage-based, but, you know, we've got this explosion of technology in terms of VR, AR, mm. you know, and, and brands are now having to think in a more three-dimensional space, mm. you know. So now what does the stage look like? What does the lights look like? What does the story look like? Mm. Can you talk a little bit about how you think about the brands you work with, you know, cause it's for me, you know, I'm not, I'm not in your world. It's difficult <laughs> to sort of leap immediately from, okay, I can kind of see what you have into, this is what the stage should look like. This is what the flow of the event. This is what the graphics, this is what the experience of the humans walking in feels like. Can you talk a bit about Absolutely. how you think about that? Yeah. I mean, one project springs to mind um, is, is a job we did recently with a, with an agency called Chorus here in London. And it was for uh, a, ta- a telescope whiskey. <laughs> and I think you know that was an um, that was an immersive uh, immersive experience. It was a one-off VIP um, uh, event, um, tasting event, but they wanted to bring something uh, much much more to it. And I think what where we are now is we are able to experience brands in in spaces. So we're mm. able to immerse people in the brand story. Um, I mean, uh, fundamentally, for 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 our, our our role, you know, is is very much the same. Right at the beginning, you sort of get into the brand ethos, what they're trying to say, you know, the challenges they may have in this particular instance. What are what are we, you know, what are we selling? What's the outcome? What do we want? Uh, what 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 do we want people to take away from it? But then there's a sort of ability to wrap it in so much more. Because you're mm. able to sort of take that brand, understand that language, understand the the the, the, the sort of branding, you know, the, the design that they have around that, and then take that further and build it into these into these sort of worlds. So for Talisca, they're very much about one for the sea. Um, this particular whiskey that uh, was, was was being uh, was on, on show uh, for this particular event was was quite a premium brand, and and it was I think it had been aged in oak um, um, oak cask barrels that have been sort of I don't know there was something about the sort of kelp <laughs> kelp of the deep seas that had been uh, sort of involved in the process it was quite complex but they wanted to create a kelp forest you know and they wanted to create the sea um, and they wanted people to feel like they were in it and they wanted people to sort of get move through this world so we created this sort of experience where we 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 projected onto these strips of gauls um, the, the kelp forest so people came in and they moved through this audio visual experience, um, and, and you know we we very much hope. It, I mean, it was it was great, it was really well received. 
we very much hope that you know that that adds to the, that theatre and that sort of sense of bringing the the brand into that world adds to the adds to the experience. So it is, you know, it is very much about sort of creating ability to create more emotion with it with 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 that sort of addition of of, of moving image um, mm. and that addition as you say of bringing in sort of you know augmented reality or vr or, or thing you're, you're hopefully taping people you know creating a, another world for people to experience i love that i mean one of the things that struck me in our pre-call is you talk about kind of creating connection to audience mm. and i'm not sure if brand builders and marketers always think about that concept. But uh, I guess in your world, someone's arriving at a physical space or even a digital space and mm. they're expecting something and it's your job to almost like grab them because there's so many potentials for you to lose their attention and for them to oh, drift totally. off. And- um, yeah, I mean, you know, that, that word wow is a, is a sort of overused and, and I'm not sure how I feel about it but you know <laughs> there is that something that you want to sort of you know it, you want to inspire you want to, to to engage people you want to make them you know there are many things that you potentially want somebody to get from it you want to you definitely want an emotional connection we always sort of say that I, I sort of see see uh, certainly our role um, and and the sort of events we work in are like uh, like a sort of like a chain, like a connected chain. And, and, you know, we work on these things and, and, you know, we, we, we get involved and we see them from different spaces and, you know, you can be, you could you know, work long hours and it can be very tiring and you're doing all these testing and you're sort of, you're losing the sort of, uh, you're, you're desperately trying to hold the sort of connection to create this amazing piece of work. And then, you know, you come to the, the, the sort of final stages and then you sort of, we always think that the final link in the chain is, is when, the audience arrives and you see all of this through a new set of eyes and you see the sort of looks on their faces and it, it just it just it just makes it so magical um and but yeah as you said i think it, the one of the challenges that we have these days and i was talking about sort of uh, immersive experiences and a round table recently and, and that is keeping people connected pe- keeping people mm-hmm. because there is so many things out there now that you know intention span is, is is shortened and there's lots going on so we're trying it's it's about sort of keeping that that and i think sometimes there can be too much going on in order to try and do that and i think sometimes a very simple connection and a very simple story and a simple you know yeah that 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 simple connection between the two things is actually what holds people more than this happening over here this happening here this happening behind music everything going and then suddenly you're just a bit sort of overwhelmed by it so yeah it it strikes me as a very powerful medium you know to sort of create emotions in people uh, you know i can remember there's like moments in my life that i can remember because of the sort of environment I was in, you know, so I went to an ACDC concert in <laughs> London in 2000. And I can remember mm-hmm. almost everything about that, you know, being in that physical space. Um, and this feels yeah. like such a, the, the potential here is so much larger. How do you, I mean, you know, you talk about environments a lot. How do you like what? What in your world do you think makes a good environment? Like when you, you someone's coming in, like what? What is? What are you trying to set up for for your clients? 
It's interesting, isn't audience. it? That's a, yeah, that's a really interesting question. Um, I mean, I think, it, you know, I think it sort of changes. I think it is very much down to what you are trying to, you, what you're trying to say. I think, you know, obviously, so the, the, the project with, with, with Chorus and Talisker, you know, that was an intimate space because you wanted to feel, you know, you wanted to feel sort of enclosed, immersed. Uh, if you imagine being under the sea uh, and you're in a sort of kelp forest, you're not going to be able to see very far. So you want that to sort of feel enclosed. Uh, you want the music. I mean, music is a huge um, important factor as well. You know, these are very much AV uh, experiences. So you want that sort of sense of being sort of close. And then other spaces you want to sort of feel intriguing because you want to sort of feel perhaps I don't know where the wall is or I don't know where the surfaces are. A lot of the work we do plays with um, perception. Uh, we often take, we worked on, we, we, we worked on last year and are working on this year, the Royal Edinburgh Literary Tattoo. Um, Edinburgh Castle is, is really tricky because it's, it's, I mean, a lot of the buildings we work on aren't just flat surfaces, but in this instance, it's, it's almost layered. It has a gatehouse, which is at front, then it's got an, another piece, and then it's got a massive curved wall that is set further back. Um, and I think you, you sort of approach it and go, you know, what, what, what do we do with this? And, and one of the things we did with that was we don't do anything with it. We go against what it actually is. So instead of trying to work with with what we've got, we're going to we're going to change the perspective of what we're actually seeing, um, mm. which was really exciting and 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 really fun to do. So I think sometimes there's a sense of not knowing, you know, what you're creating. But you know, I, I really do think when it comes comes to spaces, it it they are fundamentally important in helping tell the story. So you know, you, you they they really are intrinsically linked to what we're trying to do so i think in answer to your question i don't think there is a, a sort of perfect space i think there's the perfect space is for each and every piece of communication needs to be assessed and and, and you, you get your perfect space from what you're trying to say mm. i mean it seems like there's a lot of um intention behind what you do you know and a lot of unpacking with the clients how do you mm. how do you like do you deliberately try and trigger emotions in people you, you know like is it like we want people to be sad here we want them to be angry we want them to be excited like how do you how do you map out an emotional journey for for somebody who's attending one of these events yeah it is it is we do have that and it, it, it's funny i mean we one of our clients who we you know absolutely adore working with is bbc studio events um and you know a lot of the work that we do with them is incredible powerful storytelling and you know throughout so just for example the recently we did the well, um the festival of remembrance uh now the festival of remembrance obviously by its very nature of its name is <coughs> is something that happens every year to remember the those service people who have um served in our country but it it's 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 very much you know it, it it has a has an arc it has a narrative arc it has moments of you know um moments of remembrance clearly it has moments of of, of sort of dance and entertainments where we lift the uh lift the sort of uh the sort of spirits um but there are moments and you know we have we've have had you know the brief we you know we want to make people cry 
we want we want to make people cry here and you know it 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 sort of the job is sort of done for us in that respect it's 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 you know the stories are there they 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 sort of come to us we did a piece about the Falklands conflict and you know i don't when i say that we're asked to make people cry it's not for entertainment value or get getting viewing figures it's so people will remember it, mm. it's it, it's hitting that emotion so people go oh my goodness you know i'd i'd forgotten i'd forgotten about that how 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 awful it was um so it is very much about that and then you know you you sort of working into those stories but they're sort of as I say, they're sort of there for you. I mean, the the, the lovely thing about doing the, the the Royal Edinburgh Military Tattoo is that, you know, we are. The, the great thing about that is we've got performers from all around the world, and, and you've got those great stories to tell. So, you know, in um, uh, last year's we had sort of a, a a team a team of performers from Mexico, and it was just colourful and wild, and you know flamboyant and it was amazing music and you know you match that 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 spirit and that 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 energy but it mm. is about and going back to what you were saying about sort of working working with the clients it is very much that is you know that is very much a sort of question number one isn't it is what what are we what are we trying to say what 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 emotion are we trying to hit uh here um what do we want people to feel when they see this Mm, I feel like that's there's such a big lesson in here, you know, in terms of coming from your world, it seems obvious, but pulling it into mine, not mm-hmm. as. Um, like, what do we want people to feel mm-hmm. when we engage them with this piece of communication? What is the yeah. emotional state we want them to be in? And not like we want them, that sounds creepy, the mm, emotional state that they that we hope to elicit by engaging with them in this way mm. with this piece of communication, you know, like yeah. in your state, it's like we want them to cry because having that deep emotional feeling is the best way to get somebody to remember. It could mm. also be that we want them to miss their family. We want them to, you know, mm. like I think there's so many totally. kind of states that people can be in. And I think for companies and brands being a little bit more thoughtful about how do we want people to feel about this can shape the communication can shape the engagement in a a completely different way as to what do we need is the setting our kpis you know are we out there which is a fairly self-work like inward focusing thing yeah yeah it's interesting you say that just as you were talking i was sort of i was thinking about that because you know i think it's about sort of clever ways of doing things as well and the opportunities that we have when we're sort of in this sort of more these more immersive worlds you know if you want somebody to learn something as we all know it doesn't you know telling them is not always the answer you know mm. it's it, it's a uh, let them find out for themselves let them learn themselves let them feel like it was their their learning you know so there there is that you know as you say it's not just about sort of you know it's not just about making people cry or laugh you know there is there is there's there's inspire in, you know inspiring somebody there is there's, there is teaching somebody through whichever method you know there's so many things we want to take away and obviously each brand we work with is a different sort of take out um on that you know from just sheer entertainment all the way through to actually you know learning something about a brand or about a, a product mm. 
I feel like this can carry even into to smaller engagements, into presentations, mm. into meetings. Mm. Like, how do I want people to feel at mm. the end of this meeting? Like, is it is yeah. it shocked? Is it excited? Is it driven? Yeah. Is it yeah. behind? What am I trying to elicit? And then, you know, yeah. I think what you said earlier was the kind of the solutions present themselves. So I think once you understand that, then you're going, okay, well, maybe a PowerPoint on screen with me standing mm-hmm. at the front of the room is not right. Maybe it's all of them standing at the front of the room and me sitting on the other <laughs> side. Maybe, you know, like I think there's so many different ways you can play this thing. Maybe it's an outside meeting. Maybe it's, yeah. you know, something completely different to, to change people's um, yeah, environments. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with, with regarding the, you know, the, the meetings. It's, it's sort of, uh, again, I think you can sort of be very much in the situation of telling people things rather than, uh, you know, taking them on a journey and painting a picture of what you're, um, you know what what you're what you're selling or you know, or what you're saying. So yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, and, and very much. You know, we do public speaking. I know you do. It, it it is very much about that when you when you do do that. Is what what are you trying to say? You don't sort of like mm-hmm. a sea of faces in front of you or behind you uh, or, or wherever, sort of looking at you like just stop talking at me. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's again, it's, it's sort of taking people on a journey, telling stories, inspiring, hopefully. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's interesting. I'm interested, a lot of the brands you work with are are old, to say the least. I mean, you, you've done like centenary journeys and things like that. How do you take, you know, something like the Royal British Legion um, <laughs> And then now you're doing this, you know, high tech uh, projection mapping. <laughs> into, you know, like how do you how do you sort of go about marrying such an old brand with yeah. such a new sort of experience for people? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you know, I think you're absolutely right. The Royal British Legion was 100 years old last year, and um, you know, for the 100 years, they they rebranded, and uh, I think they look really modern and, and fantastic for uh, for something that's 100 years old and I think you know that very much fed so I mean the work we do with the BBC obviously they establish the sort of storytelling of what they want to say and the, and the sort of bones at the framework of of the of the event and and sort of we we come come in and sort of decorate it I suppose but you know we're also I think with that event, you know, you you not only have you got a, a really established brand, but you're also in the Royal Albert Hall in London, which is you know uh, an iconic piece of architecture. You know, that's also established in in its age mm. and, and and beauty for that. And then you're absolutely right. You come and smash in a load of new technology, and I think you know, I think. What's exciting, and I, I, funny enough, I'm, I'm writing, writing a treatment for something um, right in today, and I think there is that sort of thing is that we, we don't want to see the technology. The technology has to exist to, um, to, 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 to facilitate what we're trying to say. And I think so with the, the Royal British Legion, I think so with their rebrand, what was really nice this year in particular was that um, they had a new set designed. It was a much more modern set. They had the sort of centralised main poppy that that we all know sort of um, uh, is the icon for the Royal British Legion. Mm. Is very much a sort of Marameco, very graphic poppy. So we, that was designed and, and a really beautiful sort of framework. And and we took that and we we brought that into into our work. 
So we, we took that vernacular that had been created for the, in the set design into our work. And, and it, it just, there is, a, there is a sense of sort of new and old interwoven uh, through mm. the thing. So I think the stories that we're telling are, are, you know, as I say, established stories. It was 40 years of Falklands conflict. So that's, you know, that's, again, it, it's set in, in stone. That the, the whole event as such has been going for 100 years. So it's, it's got that, <coughs> excuse me, that sort of, that history in its, in its makeup. Um, so it's, it's about sort of very sensitively bringing the two things together and making sure that one does not take over the other. And that this sense of, the sense of, um, you know, new, new and emerging technologies sit with, with the history and mm. the design weaving these together. I guess it's also, I mean, as you're talking, it feels like also as an institution, they're probably needing to appeal to a new generation. You know, they 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 sort of established audiences aging, and at the same time, the sort of things you're remembering are getting further and further away. So totally. I guess they also need to totally. appeal to a different generation yeah. to catch yeah. the next generation. Absolutely, and, and, and funny you should bring that up because the the um, the the sort of big building projection that's very much sort of put put at the studio on the map, which is the World War One remembered Passchendaele was you know was a was a huge sort of audio visual spectacle of theater dance music um you know projection and you know in some respects it, that 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 sort of on paper you know you could look at it and go well that's like an entertainment show that's like mm. you know but but you know we didn't we had warhorse and michael morpurgo you know doing a piece you know a, a very much very much set at, at, in that time um, you know, there were there were stories and and song and dance that were very much set set in World War One. I. I didn't know anything about this particular particular war, uh, the Battle of Ypres, or actually the Third Battle of Ypres, um, until I started looking into it. it. You know, it turned out to be an incredibly horrific battle. But um, you know, it, it's the reason one of the one of fundamentally the two things that we had to do was set the right tone, and the second one was to bring this piece of history to a younger audience because mm. there was no one you know there was no one no one from world war one uh of still alive there were there were descendants of the families but no serving serving um veterans so exactly as you say it, you know it, it's it's lost or you take it into a new dimension where mm. those stories can can live on I find that it's a fascinating challenge. I mean, um, a lot of what you've talked about this whole is knowing the audience. Can you sort of give people a little bit of a sense of how do you, in your process, how do you start to uh, like know the audience without <clears throat> actually being able to meet them? How do you sort of, you know, understand them? And then how does that affect what you create? I think you know. I think from you know from our side. I think the, the the main main thing about this is that they're all like us, and you know there is there is no sort of uh, there's no sort of egos. I hopefully, uh, you know, I'm I'm just a humble designer and director, and uh, you know I I want to do a good job. So hope that that those audience are me. And I think that that's, and I don't mean me as in the sense they're all my age. I meant as in that they're, they're, they're humans with with the same 
the same sort of wants and 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 desires and and excitement factor and you know it is it is just sort of like that that connection it's sort of being open and honest and, and creating work that will, will will directly speak to them i mean obviously if you're working with with children obviously that's a slightly different thing because it's uh you know there's a there's a slightly different ask there but you know i was mm. also a child once so you know i i think it's just being you know not not having not having those barriers and really being able to open yourself up first and foremost to sort of go you know what would i what would i want to feel um and you know what 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 can I what can I give that um, you know will will help the the audience also connect with this? So I think it's just been about sort of open and open and true and and yeah yourself. Mm. I love that. What would I feel? What would I want to feel? What would <laughs> what experience would I want to have? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if that question is asked enough yeah. about enough different things. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's sort of, I think it's sort of that, you know, that sounds, that sounds a little bit sort of like, you know, in some ways so it's, it's a bit selfish, but I think it's about looking inwards to look outwards. I think it's mm. sort of um, being able to sort of open up and ask those questions sometimes internally in order to say, oh, you know, perhaps perhaps that's how we should, you know, make them feel. What if, what if? I mean, we're very, I'm very much, I'm, I'm very much a, a what if kind of person. Um a lot, you know, a lot of, lot of the time, we question, "What if we did this? What if, if, if we did this? What would that make someone sort of feel? What would, what would they see? What would we be communicating at that mm. point?" So, um, so yeah, yeah, very much. That's how it sort of feels to me. That's very exciting. Okay, so I'm gonna have to ask you one more question. I mean, I think <laughs> we. We're living in this world where kind of there's big companies pushing for augmented reality, virtual reality, digital spaces. You know, where do you see the kind of these experiences going? Like what is if you were to what if, like what does the future look like Ooh. for you? And what is what is exciting for you about all of this? I think one of the things that are really exciting, and I think this is something that's it's newish, but it's been certainly um, a sort of very much an exponential curve over the last couple of years, is, is the aspect of real time, uh, and obviously uh, sort of creating not just graphics in real time, but potential the potential of even changing in, in the environments that we're we're in through um, content. So um, you know, it, it is it is very much uh, about about that. Kate, thank you so much for the work that you create. Thank you for all the intention that you're putting out there in the world and all the people that you're making cry um, in in all the right ways. Um, It was an honor interviewing you. And yeah, thank you so much for for the time. It's it's an absolute pleasure. Thanks for for inviting me. And uh, thank you to anyone who is is listening. Uh, it's uh, It's been a joy speaking today. So thanks so much, Ross. And we'll catch all of you in the next one. Bye bye. Thank you for listening. We believe sharing knowledge is an obligation. So if you know someone who's building a brand or needs some inspiration for their brand, please share this with them. This is our fourth season and we'd be grateful if you'd hit that subscribe button so you're the first to know when a new episode is released. Even better, leave a review and tell the world how much you enjoyed listening. 
One More Question is brought to you by the people of NiceWork. We're on a mission to build purposeful Web3 brands that people care about. We're based in South Africa and serve the leaders of brave companies around the world. If you'd like to know more, work with us or make a suggestion, please reach out at www.nicework.co.za. Bye-bye.